20, the 15, the 10, he's got speed. He's going to the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. Dawson, out to Harris for a three ball. He got it. Kennedy looking, center shot. The Spartans are on their way to a win in the Rose Bowl. Completion. Live from Impact Studios, the only sports show from MSU campus. This is The Pack. And your host, Fino. That is right, everyone. I'm your host, Fino. Woo. Aloha, you slanting. We're back for another great sports evening here. I'm embracing the Spartan debate here on the pack. Whew. Alongside Faith and Austin Goodman, John Yale behind the glass. We have a big show for you planned today. I think it's going to be one of our biggest shows yet of the summer. Topics to talk about. Lansing United, Great Lakes West Conference champs. Wow, big thing for them. They draw up Detroit City FC 2-2 at uh, DeMartin Stadium. With the, They conceded a late goal, as Zach Bennett referred to here today on the drive. Saying you didn't want to concede it, but you know what? They got the win, and victory tastes oh so sweet. So they are representing the Great Lakes West region in the MPSL playoffs. We're hoping to have Jeremy Sampson on to give, give us rather uh, a kind of a breaking announcement. So we'll keep you posted on that. John Yale is behind the glass, and he is circulating all those news for us as we speak. World Cup, Germany. Yes, Germany, everyone. And I say, unfortunately, Germany won nothing. Victory in extra time over Argentina. And El Celeste is going home empty-handed to Argentina as the fans in Buenos Aires riding. Um, very unfortunate scenes in the soccer world. You never really want to see that. But unfortunately, that is the instance here. And we have a lot to talk about breaking that game down. Yes, Faith, I did lose a bet. And we will talk about that as well. Um, John Yales, I believe, has some good sound bites. Right, John? So, yeah, we got some of those from last week. Um, you how, don't sound too good this week, Fino. I, I don't, right? Damn, man. <laughs> I was a pistol last week, as Faith referred to me as. I was very fiery. I was upset about Derek Jeter. And, uh, did you see that that Derek Jeter thing? It was, uh, it was the Jordan ad. I don't know if you guys saw it, Faith or Austin. Derek Jeter, uh, Jordan, it was a respect with a two in the middle. Kind of talking about all these favorite... Famous so favorite, famous and favorite celebrities giving Jeter a little tipping the cap salute. And there was only one group of fans or players in a mascot that was actually blurred out. Ironically, three Met players and Mr. Met were blurred out tipping their cap. So a little, some, you know, something symbolic there with the Mets and the Yankees. As I allude to, they are not good friends. NBA free agency, as everyone is talking about, the King returns back to his throne in Northeastern Ohio at the dismay of Miami Heat fans. That is another big topic as well. So we'll talk about Miami, how they're going to fare next year, and how Cleveland will fare as well. Are they the favorites? Whew. Eastern Conference, I think, is kind of wide open. Always embrace the Spartan debate. 517-432-3893 is our number. And yes, Dom, our promotions director here at WDBM, has hooked us back up. We are giving away two sets of... Lansing Lug Nuts tickets. Today's winner will be put on the guest list along with the plus one to Thirsty Thursday at Cooley Law School Stadium. See the Lansing Lug Nuts as they take on Kane County on Thursday, July 17th, courtesy of the Lansing Lug Nuts. The game starts at 7.05 p.m. at Cooley Law School Stadium in Lansing, Michigan. More information can be found online at www.milb.com. The Impact would like to thank the Lansing Lug Nuts for the continued support of the pack 
and remind listeners that they may only win once a week. So John Yales will be screening those calls as well. Tyler Beck is MIA. He's our social media guru slash tweeter. So Tyler, if you're listening, I'm not happy. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> but that brings up to our next discussion, and that's talking about NBA free agency, folks, because I really think this is a big discussion to talk about, Goody, and Faith as well. I don't know. I was disappointed that LeBron left Miami, but I'm not surprised. I wasn't disappointed at all. In fact, I actually, I don't know if you guys remember, we were having a conversation about, you know, the NBA Finals and all that jazz, and I was like, well, you know, LeBron could leave the Heat if, um, if they lose the championship. And I remember having that discussion. Fina looks at me like, you're nuts. But yeah. I'm not surprised at all. In, in fact, I was on that side of the table here. You I wanted him to be able to go back home and to be able to play with Cleveland. I think this Cle- is the big, the big debate here, Austin, is if Miami beats the Spurs. Because in my opinion, no one saw Miami losing to the Spurs in five games. The Spurs did play unconsciously well. Lights out, shooting, Kawhi Leonard, reason why he was the finals MVP. Well, there are... They're an incredible team. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm giving I'm not giving a lack in giving them credit at all. I think the mm-hmm. Spurs deserved what they won and they deserved the Carolina O'Brien Trophy. But what I'm saying is the big thing for me was if Miami three peats, they win three titles in a row, they go to four straight finals, which they still did accomplish. Is LeBron leaving my or leaving Miami to go to Cleveland? I don't think so. I don't think LeBron would leave to go to Miami or to go to Cleveland rather. After you three-peat, I don't it, but it is a moot point now because he has left. Faith, good decision. Do you agree with LeBron? You know, I, I kind of agree with us, and I think going back, it's going back home. You know, I think it's a lot about forgiveness because when he first left in the first place. Also, I think when he was younger, a little less mature, wanted to go win some championships. I think he's coming back, learning. He learned what he needed to learn. He grew, and he's coming back home with a lot more maturity. I thought the most interesting thing, though, was a Cleveland lawmaker in the Northeastern Ohio area said that LeBron could make the Cleveland area $500 million a year in revenue. Did you guys see that? It's pretty unbelievable. It is. They already sold all the tickets. I mean, they're sold out of season tickets. They're selling partial plants. Because I'll say one thing. I don't like Dan Dan Gilbert at all. I think he's a terrible owner. Because Mm. I think he's an owner that's too involved with his team. That aside, Michigan State alum, fine, fine, fine. The Cavs do certain things right. Okay, they don't allow resale of their tickets. You can only buy their tickets over the phone. You cannot order season tickets online. Did you know they're the only one of the only NBA teams that does that? It's pretty shocking when you look at it. You cannot call. I cannot go on their website and buy tickets. They don't sell tickets to ticket brokerage companies, agencies. They don't do that. Mm -hmm. They only sell their tickets to fans, which is why the Q Quicken Loans Arena Mm -hmm. always looks sold out pretty much every night when they're competing at a high level. Mm-hmm. And it seems like with LeBron there, they're going to compete at a high level. Yeah. I, I really do think so. But I think the big thing is... There, there are people around him too, Fino. I just want you to take into consideration here mm-hmm. who he's going to play with. And oh, I'm aware. And the offseason, it's not over yet. You know, we could see Wiggins going... No, nah, it's not happening. We, it's it, not. You, could, you could see it happen. No. You could see it happen. Did you see LeBron leaving? Uh, to be honest with you, as free agency dwindled on, I would never imagine he left Miami. <clears throat> Once his wife, I don't know, did you see the Instagram that his wife posted a while ago with the was, star in Akron, no Ohio? Like it's home. like, there's yeah. no place like home. Once mm-hmm. I saw her post that, I was like, oh, crap. There's yeah. rumblings of LeBron maybe leaving. Because mm-hmm. it's all about family. It really is. And I, that's why I do not hate the I think move. he's having another child <clears throat> as well. 
Is, is that the case? I, I really don't know. If that's So it makes sense. So here's my question to you. You said that, you know, if he did. Right. I never saw it coming, but it occurred. Yes. Exactly. You said you never saw it coming. You said that if he wins another championship in Miami, he stays. I thought he would have. I think if they would have beat the Spurs, they would have stayed. Yes. I don't think he would have stayed. <clears throat> I think it was strictly bigger than basketball. And that's what made the decision. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But I still can't. I mean, here's my thing with LeBron. And he's getting a lot of crap for this. And I'm still going to go out and say it. I believe, look, he went to Miami to build what he did there. But in my opinion, he didn't go to Miami to build a legacy. He didn't. Mm -hmm. He went down to Miami to get all the naysayers off his back and say that he can't win the big one. He grouped up with people to win the big one. Now, since he's already won two titles, he's won a couple finals MVP. He has two. Goodman, he goes back to Cleveland and goes for a rebuilding project. So even if they never win again, he's still a champion. So in my opinion, is he using Miami? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Because Miami took the classy approach. That's why I love the Miami organization. Classy approach. Personally, I think that he absolutely 100% used Miami to teach himself. Okay, He taught himself how to be a champion. He taught himself how to immerse himself in a massive area with a big fan base and and an incredible owner. I mean, this this guy was in the limelight ever since he got it right out of high school. Exactly. I think there was a lot of maturity being done when he went to Miami. There's no doubt about it. He went there to grow up. And he's going back home because he's grown up. Let me clarify something. It, this is not a bad thing that I'm saying he needs to – that he's used Miami. Because realistically, Miami used his services as well. You can Absolutely. flip it backwards. So I don't think it's a bad thing. He built his character. He's a more mature basketball player. And more importantly, guys, he's a better basketball player. Because yeah. Le- Le- LeBron is – He's the- seen the NBA Finals four times. He's won two of them. Yeah. Well, he's been five times. Well, he's yeah. Been but once with Cleveland. Yeah. No. Le- oh, you're saying with Miami. Yeah, with Miami. Yeah. That's very good. I guess the first year in 2010, it was a learning process. Okay, whatever. Long story short, 2011 it was. But long story short, look, when you look at it, yes, LeBron became a better basketball player, but when it comes down to it, LeBron's still the best basketball player on the planet. He'll make any team better. And I still think this was in between Cleveland and Miami and no one else. I think it was between Cleveland and Cleveland. I think that you don't even think Miami. Has I don't a think I, I really don't. I really genuinely do not. Come from on. what I've seen from LeBron, no. and, and we haven't seen much from LeBron. Let's be honest here. This entire situation has been glorified by media, has been brought up in so many different circumstances. LeBron, and like I said earlier in this show a couple of minutes ago, he wanted to go home. He never wanted to stay with the Miami Heat, and he also opted out of a potential four-year deal so he can go. He could make more money renegotiate his situation me, with Cleveland and figure out that entire situation let me say this. There. LeBron's going home, Faith, but he's also doing it for money. And if anyone doesn't think he's doing it for money, this is all about money. And you know what? The guy, the what guy do you doesn't mean? Miami, need anymore. Miami <laughs> could have paid him the most. Right, but look, he only took a two-year deal in Cleveland. He's only making he's only making a two year deal of forty two million dollars. That was smart though. Oh yeah, he's got to see who yeah. else is going to be around but he ha- him. He has an opt out clause after next year. LeBron could be like, you know what? Screw Cleveland. They suck. I'm leaving again. He could leave Cleveland after one season. I don't think that's going to happen. That's not going to happen. It's, he's yeah. already said he's committed to Cleveland long term. I'm just saying the move was made for money, not in this CBA. The CBA collective bargaining agreement is up in 2016. After his two-year deal is up, he can make five years, $130 million. Salary cap's going to go up, and so is the max contract. Which is the exact reason why he took two years. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying he's doing this for the money. Well, he's doing it for future money, but he's going to Cleveland for, for a completely different reason. Those are completely two He's got to bridge the gap here. between what happened. I'm just saying, yes, he's going back home, but don't think this guy is going to Cleveland to make less money. You know— 
in off the court stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if off the court ventures he breaks just as much as he would in Miami because he has more. He has more things off the court, invested wise, organizations, his foundations, summer camps, sponsorship opportunities in Miami. In no, in Cleveland. Okay, He's yeah, allocated. I was about to say if you were saying that's in Miami, I'm no. like, oh well, he has no. that same amount in. He's allocated in all his yeah. off the court ventures in Cleveland, not yeah. in Miami. Exactly. Miami's a hotbed for that, and he's opted this has not been, to do that. That's why I was saying when you were saying if you know they would have won the championship. I still think that he would have went to Cleveland because he had his heart it would have in been, Cleveland. Yeah. Like where the heart is. He's had his heart in Cleveland since he got on the plane and boarded to go to Miami. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it, but all I'm saying is if Miami would have three-peated this year, his decision would have been a lot more difficult. That's all I'm saying. It would have been di- more difficult, but I don't think it would have affected the outcome. I so, truly don't. So going forward, fine. So going forward, where do you see Cleveland faring in the Eastern Conference now that it's all said and done? You have Dion Waiters off the bench. You have a Kyrie Irving. You have his good mm-hmm. friend Aaron Anderson Varejao, who he, he loves. He was seen at his house in Brazil. They attended the World Cup final together, which I cannot stand right now. So he's their center, Tristan Thompson. They have a pretty good situation there, Goodman, with a lot of guys, as well as Andrew Wiggins should be starting. Mm-hmm. They're trying to pry in Ray Allen. Mike Miller. So it's a pretty decent situation that LeBron has going on in Cleveland. So Does you think make- this whole Wiggins for love thing is just. No, no, no. no. They're, they're I don't not- think it's going to happen. Because because here's the big thing here. David Blatt, the new Cavs head coach, said they have no interest in trading Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. I think Dave Blatt, David Blatt, the new head coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers, is real excited to coach Wiggins. Right. And what I've seen out of Wiggins in the summer league is pretty damn impressive. So, no, I think Wiggins, Kyrie, and all stay together. Not to mention last year's number one overall pick, Anthony Bennett, off the bench. Well, and here, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers are now sitting with four top, you know, number one drafts. You know, you've got LeBron, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Anthony Bennett, and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. So those could be dynamic, all of those guys. And well, yet think- they're young. But the experience that they're going to get with LeBron Anthony is Bennett be is very unproven. But if Anthony Bennett pans out to say like he was at UNLV, mm-hmm. they could be scary. You you said something earlier. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was how do you think they're going to fare? Yeah, in the Eastern Conference, I think they're they're going to compete. I don't think that they're going to go and they're going to win a championship or anything. Well, like LeBron that. even said in his little news presser release yeah. with Sports Illustrated, he said, "I'm not going to win a championship. We're yeah. not going to win a championship. It's going to be rebuilding year, nonetheless." Right. Well, LeBron's learned, guys, from his decision that he made. And I say the decision referring back to 2010 when he said not one, not two, not three. He he was still in his act and to a lot of people's faith. And who are we to be the judge? Because we don't know his life. People thought he was just a boy acting in a man's outfit. And well, a he man's was a persona. 24, 25-year-old. I mean, he was right. young in the limelight since the beginning. You know, yeah. So this kid now is finally growing up. I think LeBron's goal is not to win the most championships anymore. I don't think that's his goal anymore because I don't think that's going to happen in Cleveland. I think his goal is to bring Cleveland a championship. If he brings Cleveland like, one uh, cha- championship, a a one. If they if he brings the the city of Cleveland, the state of Ohio, a championship where Cleveland, no major Cleveland sports has ever won a major title. If he brings one one championship to Cleveland, I'm not even talking about multiple because mm-hmm. him going to Cleveland, in my opinion, prohibits the fact that he's going to be Jordan. Right. But if you think I, about it, Cleveland's yeah. going to bring in so much revenue. They've got Johnny Manziel playing football. Now they've and got they LeBron. Look, and they look so much more popular for basketball. Think about it. You want to go there and you want to play with LeBron James. Regardless of who you Anyone wants uh, to play Regardless LeBron. of who you draft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Regardless of who you draft, though, they're learning from LeBron James. Think about that part of it. There's a development part of basketball. And that's the biggest part of Andrew Wiggins. And, in fact, I'm on the other side. I think they should, you know— 
swap Wiggins for Love. Really? Regardless of that, regard, obviously, you know, you would want somebody who's established in the NBA. Personally, I would want that as well. The thing is, Goodman, the only way I would do such a deal, and first, I'm with Faith. I'm opposed to that deal. But the only way you can get me to sit at that table is if you can get Kevin Love to sign a long-term deal. Because if you can't get Kevin Love to sign a long-term deal, with you're somebody not like, trading away Wiggins. With somebody like LeBron James standing next to you, you sign that paper. I yeah, but LeBron's only signed for two years. Remember that? Yeah, but he's not leaving. Yeah, I don't I'm think sorry, he, he's not. No, he can totally resign. Yeah, but he's going to yes, resign. Yes, 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 absolutely. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, look at Carmelo Anthony. I thought Carmelo Anthony was for sure going to resign in New York, and he ended up resigning in New York. So it was a moot point, but he still ventured out all his options. Right. Chris Bosh, same thing. Everyone thought he had one foot out to Houston. Mm-hmm. LeBron leaves. He comes back, takes a max deal. Miami made the great move. Well, Bosh's situation was for money. He yeah. knew exactly what he was getting himself into there. Right, right. I think it's for Regardless money. Regardless of what, what he, Chris, he, he's already won money. two. Cha- he's already won two but championships. What, yes, but what Chris Bosh said. We're talking about family. Chris Bosh didn't want to move to Cleveland, or I'm sorry, to Houston, because he said, "You know what? I like this. I like staying here for my family. My family likes it. Yes, money comes into play. Just like LeBron's decision was to stay home. Yeah, family matters. But look, guy's getting paid. Don't worry, the guy's gonna get paid. Exactly. All I'm saying is Chris Bosh, he said something, and I know we're kind of getting off a tangent here. Chris Bosh said something to me it all, it that all made me makes respect. Sense. Yeah, it does. But it, he said something that makes me respect the hell out of the guy. And he said, you know what? I was the guy in Toronto. He didn't want to go to Houston to be the third, the third wheel behind right. James Harden and Dwight Howard. He didn't want to stay here in another big three and be another th- third wheel. Mm-hmm. Chris Bosh is excited to be the guy in Miami like he will. And you'll see it. Next mm-hmm. year, Chris Bosh will average 24, 25 points a game because he is going to be the guy. And in the NBA, you He'll definitely know, have a lot more confidence. I don't, I don't know about 24, 25 points a game because there are it, times— he, he did that in Toronto. Look it up. He averaged 24.9 points a game for two straight seasons, three straight seasons. He was doing that in Toronto. He knows how to do that. He's a better player than he was when he was 22. And do you think he has the ability to win a championship? Absolutely. I think what the Heat— You think the Heat can still win a championship? I think they can compete, yeah, because anything is possible. No, look, everyone was giving it to the Pacers. The Pacers were on another level in the regular mm-hmm. season. Then in the beginning of the regular season. Yeah, but yeah, they were football. And then still- they took their plummet into the playoffs. What I'm saying is the best player in the world just left their team in LeBron James. Well, they course. didn't have a deep bench. They couldn't compete against look, the Spurs. Ahead. Hold on. They lost four to one in the NBA Finals. No, all right. but, but, uh, they are not going to be able to compete for another championship anytime all, all soon. All I'm saying is all I'm saying is they're gonna be able to compete. They're not going to be an eighth seed. They're not going to be a seventh seed because guess what? I think Miami's better than the Wizards. I'm hearing Magic Johnson say that the Wizards are going to be better than the Heat. That's crap. I don't think the Wizards are going to be as good as the Heat. That's junk. I think the Heat are going to be – what they're doing is very good. You're going to look at Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. And just look, all the haters about Dwayne Wade's knees being bummed out, just watch. Just wait for him to play because mm-hmm. when Dwayne can step up, you can afford to rest I'm not when gonna, you're playing with the best player I wouldn't in the argue, game. I wouldn't argue against Dwayne Wade because he is a great player. I'm just saying, look but at the guys they have around him. But he obviously is hurt. Yeah, but they got Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. They bring Dang in. He's great. Birdman is great. They bring back Beasley. You have Danny Granger. They, you have Josh McRoberts. They pick Napier. And Shabazz Napier, not, you know, you have Mario Chalmers you resigned. You still have Norris Cole. Mm. And on top of the fact— They have pieces of the puzzle. What I'm saying is the pieces of the puzzle didn't fit together when they tried it before. 
Yes, it did. It did because they won two titles and made four straight. They made four straight NBA finals. Well, players let's coming. Not, players let's not are write coming. This off like they had an unsuccessful four years. Players are coming and going throughout this entire time. What I'm saying is, without your biggest piece of the puzzle, you take that biggest piece away. It's like taking your centerpiece out of the yeah, way. Yeah, but a team shouldn't be one player. But it was. Guys, Miami yeah, won a title doing it that way. Miami did in 2006. Miami won a title built exactly the way it was built. Pat Riley coached that team. So to all the people saying that this doesn't work, it's Miami has done it before. They did this already. They did it already. They had one player carry them. Dwayne Wade, finals MVP, averaged 33 points in that NBA finals. But that was eight years but ago. I'm not saying he's going to average 33 points. I'm saying if he averages 23, 24 points, which he's still capable of doing, not early in his career where he averaged 29, even one season, 30.2 points a game, he's not going to do that. But they've done it that way, and they can do it that way. I think typically, though, the better team beats the team with the best player. You know, we've seen that in other sports. We've seen it with Messi and Argentina just right now in the World you Cup. Need a this team. is all I'm saying. You need a team. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's what and I'm that's, saying. You need a good team rather than a good player. But, the t- the, but I don't believe the Heat have that right now. They had a Dwayne Wade that was eight years ago. That was eight just years wait, ago. Just wait on Dwayne. I'm telling you, Dwayne Wade didn't play as I'm many games to, as he I'm should have to because— look at- because you have to understand the fact when you're playing with the best player, you can afford to sit four or five games and be okay. I'm trying to look at the guys that aren't in each highlight reel. Look. A full team. We, we all just Miami said is. a full team. I don't think they are. They're, I don't think they are. I think they're great. I they, think they have more proven guys on their team in Cleveland. Miami's adding people to their roster. They're adding Miami depth. They're great. adding shooters. They're so deep. They're 9-10 deep. I, can, I could have never said Miami was 9-10 deep. Are you kidding? Miami's nine guys deep. They've never done this before. They've, just, they've never done that. I'm just saying the removal of the centerpiece ruins Fine. the tower, and F- I think they're going to plummet. I don't think that's so. My, that's my See, view. I don't think they're going to do significantly well, but I think How many games fare. do you think Miami's going to win? You want, you want me to actually put a prediction yeah, on it? Yeah, just guess. It's way too early. I'm not going to have a clip on it in like three years and say, you suck. <laughs> no. I think Miami's going to win 48 games. 48 games. The East sucks. It's not good. Do we not understand that the East, this, they're not playing in the West? An under 500 team in the East makes the playoffs. They will win 48 games. That's not out. That's not outlandish. I'll, I'll give them. I think that, for, between 40 and 45. I think you're lowballing, but that's fine. Faith. I don't think they're going to win. I, I think they're going to win more games than they lose. I think they'll be over 500. But you said forty. You said they might win 40, well, 41 well, games. The, I'm the okay. I think they're going to win forty five games. Okay, let's be honest. Okay, I think they're going to win forty five right. games. Forty's a little. So low. you say all right. For, but so you say forty five and thirty seven. They're not going to plummet that tragically. But what I'm just saying is the fact that you lose your best player, which is fine. Faith. I mean, I, I'd go a little bit higher than that. So you're right in my ballpark. If you're saying he's 45, yeah. you're right with Fino. You're 47, 48. Yeah, I'm a little I bit higher than that. I would give him a little bit more credit. So well, this say- has been Fino and Faith versus Austin this entire time. Which is I fine. Ju- I just think That's that- embracing the Spartan debate, friend. Exactly. Hey, I love it. was it. against Yales and I last week on World Cup. Yeah. All I'm saying is, but Faith, so you say 47, 46. Yeah, I mean, they still have added guys. Like you said, whether LeBron left or not, they still have they guys. They have a team now. Mm-hmm. Yales, what do you think before we go to break? On LeBron? No, just how many games do you think Miami will win without LeBron? What they have right now, Bill, keep in mind they could still add Ray Allen. 
That doesn't even matter at this point anymore. Yes, it does. There's, He's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. He, Where have you? He was. He's still old. Oh, my God. Guys, it's Ray Allen's all. Was Michael Jordan still terrible when he was 40 on the Wizards? No, but there's Mike- still a decline. He's not the Ray Allen. Of- but I, but he still could give you six, seven points. I'd take that any day of the week. Not for that much money. Dude. Anyways. Give me a prediction. Miami, they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll lose the first round. That's not what I asked you. I asked you how many games they're going to win. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 43, let's move on. No, I, no, no. No, see, that's what I'm saying. That's ridiculous. <laughs> They're going to... 39. Oh, my God. Oh, 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 oh. Thank wow. you. Wow. Thank you, Yales. That's Thank ridic- you very much. On that note... That's our producer, Yales. He's behind the glass. That's why we don't let him speak <laughs> He's often. He's a good friend That's of mine. why we don't let him speak often. You, <laughs> Speak when spoken to, Yales. <laughs> on that note, we'll take a quick break here in the pack. When we come back, we'll talk a little World Cup. What are our thoughts on the finals? And I promise, stick around. We have some clips that will make you cringe. All here on the pack, WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to the pack on 88.9 FM, WDBM East Lansing. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to coverage of Spartan sports like never before as we embrace the Spartan debate here on The Pact. That is right. As we continue to embrace the Spartan debate, special thanks to our old, old school producer, Lou DeVizio, with that very nostalgic introduction here. Um, Hey, if you still want to win the Lug Nuts tickets, it's pretty easy. Feel free to call in. No trivia, no and, if, or buts. All you have to do is call the number, 517-432-3893. You will win you and a plus one to a Thirsty Thursday this Thursday, July 17th, courtesy of the Lug Nuts. Game starts at 7.05 p.m., and you'll see them take on Kane County. So if you want to check out a little more information on www.milb.com. So if you want to win those, John Yale's on it. So let him know about that. So embracing the Spartan debate, Faith, we continue to roll on. But I got to say something. I did not look too good. I did not look too good here last week. Um, And I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm 40. Famous quote. uh, Mr. Gundy of Oklahoma State with that. I didn't look too hot. This week, and I have to play what I thought because, according to Faith, yeah, I was a pistol today. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was a pistol. I was a pistol. <laughs> I said but, it was going to get fiery at the top of the show. You did, oh, and you were right. Was. You were right. But I was so Goodman. We were so confident about our bet. Yeah. I just want to remind it to I'll, our listeners. He's, he's putting that on me. But, no, no, you both were oh, involved. Oh, 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 oh just, I never hey, bet hey, on hey, it. Gales, can we play the clip? I never John, bet let's on play it. the clip. We're splitting it up. We're cutting right in half on the table here. Oh, wow. Fino and Austin <laughs> over here. Faith and Yale's in their fantasy world over there. Yeah, fantasy. <laughs> clueless. Oh, my God. You guys are so clueless, you'd fall out of a boat and not hit water. 
So there's that good man. <laughs> so gosh. we looked bad, bro. We looked bad. And, oh, and yeah, wow. I guarantee, did that give you not a little reminder on how bad we sounded? Well, that kind of blew my mind a little bit, honestly. You said you were like, whoa. We did cut the table in half, but I still never put a bet on it. You did We're it. not saying that. Fino and I put a bet. We on did yeah. put a bet. And let's see how I fared. John, you want to play that clip, please? Here's my bet with you. If okay, so I'll give you Netherlands too. You get Netherlands and Germany. I'll take Brazil and Argentina. Wow. You take Team Europe. I'll take Team South America. If a European team wins the World Cup again, I'll buy you dinner in this area. So you don't pick like China. <laughs> in this area, I will buy you a dinner. Black Cat Bistro. Great, All right. Great place. And we'll go there. And if they lose, nothing. That's how confident I am. That's how so I won't even have to buy you dinner. Nothing. All right. You just have to live with the fact that I'm right. <laughs> or live with the fact that I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> but it was an unbelievable World Cup, and John Yales, thanks for digging those uh, infamous <laughs> bites, to say the least, because, you know, Faith, you do give me a lot of crap that you say, hey, you only play bites that pertain to that make me look bad. Well, here today, July 14, <laughs> 2014, I look terrible this evening. Thank you. Thank you. So, I, I like the admittance, so thank you. Yeah, this is big for me. This is big, but... I think the real discussion, guys, is what happened. What really happened for my teams, Team South America, that is. Germany writing history, Mario Götze getting that extra time goal, which is big time, and really establishing themselves as a dynasty, in my opinion, the first European team to win a World Cup in South America. I thought it's an amazing accomplishment. I thought Argentina played better. I thought they had more opportunities. Now, Faith goes off the show. She mentioned, but Fino, what about possession? I just want to address this. Germany will always outpossess you. That's the way they are tactically strategized and strategically how they play football or soccer. That's They want it just out possession. I mean, Germany did contain 20% more of the possession rather than Argentina. But if you look at it, you know, Messi, everybody who claims Messi is the best – you know, he didn't have many touches. His touches were very limited during this game. He had about three opportunities that, unfortunately, he missed. Yeah, and but the thing with Messi is when they're closing in on such a player, he made space when he had no space. He's so fast. He's very fast and very quick. And guess what? He still won gold ball. So he technically yeah. still won MVP of the tournament. Although Diego Maradona— did you think that yeah. he deserved it? Yeah, I did because I still think he's the best player because if you look, the gold ball is supposed to be the best player in the tournament. And if you watch every game Argentina played, he was the best man on that pitch. He single-handedly escaped and won them that game against Iran that no one talks about. He single-handedly won them a lot of games. And for all the people faith that say Messi cannot complete and play on the same level like he does in the club for his country, I think they're going home feeling pretty crappy about themselves because he looked, in my opinion, great in this tournament. Well, he's the five. He's the fifth straight player to win the golden ball without achieving you know, the ultimate goal, which is winning the World Cup. You know, but there were some other players that I thought deserved the award a little bit over Messi, just because Messi had four. Uh, he had four goals out of their eight out of Argentina's eight, one assist. But if you look at other players like James Rodriguez out of Colombia, six oh, goals and you know six goals and two assists, and even Thomas Mueller, who's who plays for Germany. Yeah, I, look, the thing is, you mentioned you mentioned James Rodriguez. The thing with James is he yes he did he had six goals in this tournament I believe he led the tournament in goals. The problem mm-hmm. is Colombia got eliminated in the quarters. So to me, you're never going to win the gold ball if you're eliminating the quarters. But what about Thomas Mueller? Five goals and three that, assists. See, ah, that was my thing. I was going to come back before. You know, you mentioned Thomas Mueller. I was going to say, if you're not going to give it to Messi, you give it to Mueller. That's it. I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with Messi. I'll tell you who I have a problem with. 
I have a problem with Diego Maradona being an idiot. Can that guy not be an idiot for more than two seconds? <laughs> Can that guy not be an idiot? Not only were you an awful coach for Argentina in 2006, you're just an awful, great player. Shut up. Because the thing is with him is, oh, Messi shouldn't deserved it. Because he's on his high horse because in 1986, he defeated Germany. And then in 1990, Jurgen Klinsmann, ironically, and Germany beat them. Mm-hmm. So he's a little like, look, we played Germany and we beat them, and I still won gold ball. Right. So he's not giving Messi a lot of credit, which is which is a load of crap in my opinion, because that's not fair. Because yeah. I think when Diego Maradona played, it's a different game. Yeah. Just like when we talk about like American football players and baseball players, and we when we analyze in hockey, even when yeah. you take a sport and you go back in the past. Nothing is different. The game changes. The Everything game is, e- everything's evolved. Exactly. Right? I would the say game evolves. I still argue that Messi is the best player in the world. Yeah, I mean that's not to me. That's the only thing, the only player you could argue that with is Cristiano Ronaldo. Right. But in this purpose of the World Cup, I didn't have a problem with it. Did you have a problem with it? I mean, like you I said, qu- I, I pointed question, out you're questioning it. Yes. But I'm asking you, Faith. Do you personally have a problem with? Leo Messi being the gold ball recipient. When it came down to the two teams, I believed that Messi deserved the World Cup himself. Like, I, you know, I think he, he himself To me, they got it, it backwards, but. I, I, I can understand that. But at the same time, I think Germany did deserve it. I, I wish Me- Messi would have gotten it, but Germany as a whole deserved it. And just it. to clarify what I mean by they did it backwards was the fact that, look, in my opinion, I'm not taking anything away from what Germany did. They won it. They won the game on the pitch. They're the World Cup champions. Fine. I just thought Argentina outplayed them. So in my opinion, Argentina was more deserving of winning the World Cup, and that Tomas Mueller was more deserving of winning the gold ball. Ah. I, that's what I'm saying. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That, but Messi was quoted and said, means little, means nothing. He said he couldn't even crack a smile when they awarded it to him. Because he was very, I mean, he was heartbroken. He just lost the World Cup. I mean, it's a massive situation. He said about and you were saying that you think that Argentina controlled the game over Germany. Is that what I'm yeah, getting from you? Yeah, because they had more opportunities. The thing with Germany is they're the ultimate opportunist. When mm-hmm. they, when there's a hole, they just smell blood. They're shark in the water. They <laughs> just, they smell blood and they'll, and they'll poach you. Here's my problem with Argentina, and I personally picked Argentina to win we the both, World Cup. We exactly. Both, we both, we both did. did. It's, it's on like, record. But like, yeah. Here's what I'm saying is that shots on goal marked at zero for Argentina. They were not pressing the ball to the net. They weren't giving themselves opportunities to score when they had the same amount of shots. I yes, disagree. They did. Germany. Yes, they I disagree. Did. yes, they did. There's there, no... there were some open shots that Argentina, unfortunately, did not capitalize Argentina on. couldn't even stay on side. They... Exa- exactly. So yeah. that's not giving you an opportunity to score. They scored. They had disallowed that's, goals. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They did not give themselves an opportunity to score. What okay? What are you saying? Are you saying that they didn't have, they I'm didn't make any good opportunities? I'm towards saying net? that Germany outplayed Argentina. Okay, I to the net and no. throughout the game. No, I think so. I don't think so. But it, to me, there's only so far I can go with this argument because they lost. All I'm saying is, if Argentina would have made them like if they would have scored on their chances, Iguain pushes one barely wide. He should have made that open net. Gonzalo, again, Lavezzi. Why was Lavezzi taken out of the game so quickly tackling? That didn't make sense for me. Mm-hmm. Di Maria, why, what was that deal? that You see, there's a lot of tactical mistakes that I, I personally question. All I'm saying is Argentina very well could have won this game and no one would have thought twice of it. All I'm saying, though, is three years, four years down when we're talking about the Confederations Cup in Russia and the World Cup in Russia, no one's going to care that Argentina almost won the game. 10 years, 15 years, 16, whatever it is, 
Germany won the 2014 World Cup, and that's all that will be remembered. That's really what it comes down to it. And that's the thing. Maybe Suarez biting people, but... <laughs> Entertaining. And Faith, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. And that goes into my next question for both of you. Is this the most entertaining World Cup you've ever seen? Hands down. I completely agree. Let's, been... let's look at this for a second. For the ratings, 13% increase over the, the, the 2010 final in South Africa. 8.6 rating yeah. in 2010. Yeah. But look, look. There you go. Yeah, but that, it, it said, I yes. think that this, but I don't think it's going to exceed that. No. I don't think in 2018 it's going to exceed that. No. I remember I said weeks ago on the show that the World Cup ratings in Russia are going to be terrible because no one's going to want to get up at 3, 4, 5 in the morning to watch a team. As a nation, we love soccer, just not that much. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Okay. It's not the Olympics here. We're not talking Olympics. Right. And Olympics still, the ratings are still down. When you'll see, when the Olympics were in Sydney in 2000, the ratings were terrible on NBC. NBC was embarrassed to release those numbers. Embarrassed. When the world, oh, I'm sorry, when the Olympics were in England, still, everything is on tape delay because they want the prime time. In 2016, when the Olympics are in Rio, that's when the ratings are going to be through the roof because Brazil from the Eastern Eastern time zone is one hour ahead. Rio is at least one hour ahead. So really, you can still prime time one hour ahead. That's not that big of a deal. So I think that obviously the game is growing. The next year World Cup can be very entertaining in 2018. But I'm letting everyone know the ratings in the next World Cup are going to be terrible. Brace for it. It's to be expected. It's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know if John agrees if these ratings are going to be as crappy as I'm predicting they're going to be. Yeah, I think they'll be bad just because of that. But I, Goodman, going back to his numbers, I don't think the numbers were only good because um, because you're saying it was more interesting or whatever. I think it was people watched the first game and they saw that, while wow, they're actually scoring. They're actually something worth coming back for. Whereas in South Africa, they saw 0-0 games. They saw 1-1 ties. There's so many ties. And people would just shut it off because this is the most exciting Highest scoring World Cup we'll probably ever see. I think it was kind of a fluke with soccer. I don't think soccer's changing to score more goals. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was just a very exciting things lined up. Things went back to back. There weren't too many ties because in the game of soccer, a tie is pretty much just as common as teams winning or losing. It's common. And going back to what Fino said earlier, you know, with the fact that it was in Brazil, you don't think it's going to be, you know, at all near be able to hit that, you know, when it's in Russia. I'm looking at, you know, past World Cups right now. And the last time I saw this earlier, the World Cup on ABC was the highest TV rated since 1994. And let's keep in mind that 1994, the United States hosted the World Cup. Yeah, so that, gotta... that absolutely 100% correlates with what Fino is saying that in 2018 it's going to go down. I absolutely 100% agree with Guys, that. Guys, I know I'm, I'm kind of going out on a limb in this, and I always make the most bold predictions because really I don't care. I'm, I make my opinion out there. Here's what I'm addressing next. 1999 World Cup, FIFA Women's World Cup, was here in the United States again. One of the most top-rated Women's World Cup of all time. The very famous United States beats China on penalties. Brandy Chastain with the ironic taking off the jersey black sports bra. Mm. The picture that everyone knows about. The point I'm trying to make to you is you look at the World Cups exceeding and going from that. The 2000, was it 2011 World Cup in Germany? 
Women's World Cup in Germany did not have the same ratings in 1999. Does that mean the game of soccer has gone down women's-wise in interest? No. If you look at the numbers in participation and leagues and players, it's actually gone up. The ratings don't necessarily reflect because with the casual, with the casual soccer fan, they want to watch it if it's convenient. Mm-hmm. Joe Rexroad said, and he's you know Detroit Free Press guy, he said this on the drive once with Jack Ebling, said this. Yeah, if the game is on, I'll turn it on. But I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. Right. See what so I'm the saying? fact that it'll be playing at like 4 a.m., a lot of people you, won't go out of their way to stay up and you'll watch get it. The di- you'll get the core fan. Of course. I'll be watching 4 a.m. That's <laughs> because I'm the core fan. I'm your niche audience. But you will not get the average 67-year-old guy that thinks soccer is basically Satan's playground. They will not go out and watch the game. They're not going to do that. And guess what? The beautiful game doesn't need those people. Because guess what? Five billion other people in the world love the game, and they're going to watch it. They'll get their ratings. They'll get their money. But that's the big thing. I think the fact that it was entertaining this year, though, the fact that it was entertaining, it is the springboard for soccer to take off. You know, people were tweeting about it. People, I mean, I think they said for the um, Brazil-Germany game, they said over 35.6 million tweets. So because it's entertaining, people are going to tune in, well, hopefully next time. Did you not see how many people were engaged on Facebook just on the final? Mm -hmm. Germany, Argentina, 88 million people are engaged on Facebook talking about this final. People care about this. So the fact that you're saying people now, I understand Facebook is a worldwide thing, Austin, but people care. So for people to say, hey, they don't don't care, they don't really, they don't think it's going to succeed, it's succeeding. Remember when you said earlier, when you uh, brought up the fact of, you know, did Messi win the World Cup 10, 15 years down the line? Yeah. I think that same sort of situation applies with this. That in a year, two, three years, nobody's going to remember. Yeah. And And that's the unfortunate part about the United States is that's what the situation is with soccer in the U.S. Guys, the United States wants to watch winners. Americans are very naive. They only want to watch the best. That's why why half the world hates America. Mm -hmm. Because everyone wants – Americans want to be the best. And when they're not the best, they're not content, which is a fine attitude because that's something we're used to. All I'm saying is United States is the best women's team. Of all time. There's not a better team. Mia Hamm is one of the greatest women's soccer players of all time, in my opinion. The point I'm trying to make to you, 1999, they win the World Cup. No one's talking about it. Or at the time, they were. 12 years down the road, 2011, in Germany, Women's World Cup, they didn't win. They lost to Japan an extra time, 2-1. Disappointment. Boom. But the game still grew even though they lost. 2007, they won it. You wouldn't even know if I didn't bring it up. That's the point I'm saying. That's the point I'm saying. The game of soccer grows. You just got to care about it. But to judge what the game is and how it's doing based on ratings, in my opinion, is simply foolish. But when we, we'll take, whew, I have to take a quick breather <laughs> and a quick drink. But when we come back here on the pack, we're going to talk about Lansing United. We're going to have Jeremy Sampson come in and he's going to make a breaking announcement for us. So it is a big time ordeal here. We're excited and we're excited as well to break the news to our listeners. So stay with us here on The Pack. We'll continue to brace the Spartan debate here on WDBM. Stay with us. You're listening to The Pact on 88.9 FM, WDBM, East Lansing. 
Smoking helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want mysmokefreeapartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that smoking? Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. mysmokefreeapartment.org. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Wednesday nights from 8 until midnight, it's the Impact's Accidental Blues, your source for great blues music, news, and concert information. Only on Impact Primetime. Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill and we have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Muñoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. And now back to the Pact here on 88.9 FM. That is right. Fino back here on the Pact on WDBM. Again, thanks for the nostalgic introduction, Lou DeVizio. We miss you here in studio per usual. Along with Faith and Austin, John Yeo's behind the glass. Um, John is getting Jeremy Sampson hooked up, so we're excited to have him on the show to make a big announcement about Lands United. And as you guys know, Lands United... With a big victory, Great Lakes West Conference champions. Big win for them. Detroit City with an established fan base, Detroit City FC, which is Lands United's so-called rival. Established fan base, established team. Ben Pierman, the assistant coach of the Michigan State Spartan soccer, men's soccer team, is the head coach of Detroit City FC. Who, with Damon Rensing in the looking on, watching the game. A big, big, big time result for Lands United. Yes, they conceded the late goal. It was a 2-2 game, Faith. But you know what? Lands United prevailed, and they got a big victory. I mean, it's huge for their inaugural year, nonetheless. All the naysayers, huh? Exactly. So I'm wondering, you know, in future years, are people who have criticized them saying, hey, is this going to last? Is this going to last? Because of how far they've gotten, Are they? is that going to kind of shush them up? Well, and you know, that's one thing when we had Jeremy here live on the show like a couple weeks ago. I go, Jeremy, where are all the naysayers? And I asked him, I go, Heh. he laughed. And he didn't know where they went because you know what? They're hiding because no one could have expected that Landsier, in my opinion, except those guys in that locker room, thought they can get this so done. So much success. And you know what? They got it done. And without further ado, we bring in the owner of Lands United who has given so much to the mid-Michigan soccer community, and it's a pleasure to once again have him on the pack. Jeremy, it's so good to have you back on the show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much. Good to be back. Yeah, great to have you. Uh, Jeremy, whew. wow, what a game against a Detroit City team, a 2-2. Although you conceded a late goal, how sweet does this one feel? Yeah, it was it was pretty sweet. Now that I've had um, you know a little over 24 hours to kind of sit back and, and think about it, it's uh, uh, for me more it's it's an accomplishment, a season accomplishment, not just the accomplishment of of, of one game that that did put us over the top and, and lead us to the conference championship. But really, when you sit back and you think about the whole body of work and the uh, the effort that these guys have played with uh, for 14 league games. 
It's a pretty special deal, let me tell you. Yeah, without a doubt. I couldn't agree more what this Lansing United team has done for the community. And I remember, Jeremy, you came, we, we were kind of laughing about it and joking about it here on the show about all the naysayers and what was written in the papers and online saying that this couldn't succeed, that financially it's a disaster. I guarantee you those people are shaking in their boots because, in my opinion, what you've done for this community and got people to believe shattering attendance record after attendance record has really been, in my opinion, simply remarkable. Well, thank you. It's, um, you know, I, if you sit back on something like this and you listen to the naysayers, you're, you're never going to accomplish what you want mm. to. And, and there are still some that will be naysayers, and that's, and that's fine. Um, but we've proven here over the past three months since the beginning of our season in May that there are, A, a lot of fans of the game of soccer in the mid-Michigan area. And some of them came to our game yesterday have never been to a soccer game before. Some were just walking by the stadium at Michigan State or walking on the bike path or riding on the bike path and wanted to stop and check it out and see what it's all about. And, um, you know, again, I mentioned when I was on the show before, but uh, I just I can't thank the community enough for their support and what they've shown for our team. And uh, as you saw yesterday, the uh, the team feeds off it and uh, uh, to have 2000 people there. But more than anything else, to look in the stands and see that there were 15 to 1600 Lansing United fans uh, was a pretty special thing yesterday. No doubt about it. In my opinion, I love like what you're doing really for the community. You wanted that family atmosphere. You wanted just to get kids out to the games, seeing them, having something to cheer for. You could see it. Everyone was really in the zone. They were really rooting for Lansing United. And the fact that they won and got that victory was oh so sweet, Jeremy. But yeah, yeah, it was, and, and that's you know part of our philosophy. You know, you, you mentioned the kids is is to grow the game of soccer. Mm. Uh, in Mid Michigan, I mean, it's it's something that I'm passionate about. That I I hope that there were a couple of eight, nine, ten year olds who were attending that game yesterday, who in eight to ten years might be playing for Lansing United. You know wow. that I think we talked about before. How do you measure the long term success of this? You know, you can't do that right away. But but can we look eight, ten years down the road and see the impact that we've made? I certainly hope we've done that. We're talking with Jeremy Sampson, the owner of Lansing United here on The Pact. Jeremy, let me ask you this. A big announcement, MPSL playoffs. Lansing United is heading there in their inaugural season with an excellent effort from Coach Rudlin and all the management and everything you've done. Where are these playoffs going to be held? Uh, do you have any information that you can share with us here on The Pact? Yeah, as a matter of fact, in the last uh, 10 minutes or so, we've been able to uh, release that uh, Lansing will be hosting wow. uh, the 2014 Midwest Regional Playoffs okay. this Saturday and Sunday at uh, the East Lansing Soccer Complex in Archer Stadium. That's pretty unbelievable, Jeremy, because if I'm not mistaken, that was set to be held over at Castec High School, and then Detroit City, on the hands of the Lansing United, were eliminated from the playoffs. So how did this process really go about? Well, I mean, the process, um, you know, the league doesn't want to just set a, a site uh, in the middle of the season or the beginning of the season and say, we're going to put it there. And then if that team's not there, of course, you know, you're not going to have anybody watching the game. So the process is a bit fluid. Uh, there was a bidding process earlier in the season where teams were able to place bids. And, you know, you mentioned Detroit. 
we don't know for sure that that, that was going to be in Detroit. You know, once the, the four teams are set, you know, we look at the bids that were taken from each of those four teams and then a determination is made. So, um, you know, now that Detroit wasn't there or any of the other teams who may have placed a bid before, it was up to the four teams uh, who are now in the Midwest region playoffs and, and up to them to uh, submit a bid to the league and um, for uh, the league um, supervisors, we have two members of the uh, on the board of directors that are uh, deal just with the Midwest region. So it's up to those guys to take a look at the bids. Uh, see which one's best for the league, see which one's best for the region, and then uh, award that city uh, the bid. And, and again, we couldn't be more excited to be hosting this weekend. Um, you know, on a personal level, I want to thank the city of East Lansing, Tim McCaffrey, uh, over there who has done a tremendous job in helping us not only all through the year, but, but coming through on short notice. And also the Greater Lansing Sports Authority, uh, Mike Price and his folks, uh, jumped to it uh, today to really help us kind of uh, cross some T's and dot some I's to, to get this thing done. Again, we're talking with Jeremy Sampson, the owner of Lansing United, here on WDBM East Lansing. Jeremy, so now that Lansing United is hosting the MPSL playoffs at Archer Stadium, how could fans go about acquiring tickets? How can they go about attending the games? And more importantly, do season ticket holders have to repurchase tickets for these games? Yeah, all great questions. Well, let's start with the, the schedule first of all. Okay. So uh, the semifinals will be on, on Saturday, uh, two semifinals. So at this 4 o'clock. This Saturday. Yep, okay. July 19th, this Saturday. Uh, Fort Pitt, uh, who won the uh, Great Lakes East, will take on Quad City, who won the Central Conference. And uh, that will take place again at 4 o'clock. And then uh, we will face the Minnesota United Reserve team, and they're the wild card team. That will take place at uh, 7:30 in the uh, in the second semifinal. And the two winners of those games uh, will face off uh, at the uh, on the final. Uh, that will be Saturday at 5 p.m. That will take place then. So uh, as far as tickets are concerned, um, they will only be sold uh, at the gates at the stadium. Um, it'll be you can purchase a weekend pass. Uh, for fifteen dollars, that will get you that would uh, all admittance to all three games. Okay. Uh, or if you're interested in just a day pass for adults, it'll be ten dollars per day if you just wanted to come for one day or the other. Uh, children twelve and under it'd be seven dollars per day or ten dollars for them for a weekend pass. It's pretty good stuff, Jeremy. So let me ask you this: proceeds of this? Does that do the teams all split these the this revenue, or does that go right to MPSL? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, and, and really um, it's not for me to really talk about league finances. Right, absolutely. Yep. You know, thank you so much, Jeremy, for coming on, and congratulations again. But hey, I was just going to ask how are you, you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. <laughs> I was just going to ask, what does it mean to host the Midwest Finals in, the Lan- you know, in Lansing United's inaugural year? It, it means a ton. Um, you know, I – you look around at we had a chance to travel obviously around the league and watch what different people do you take ideas and and you see the fan bases that are in the different cities and um you know what i've really come to understand is that uh, uh we have a really good fan base here in lansing as you look around the league and i have to think that maybe that played into uh the decision today to have us host uh, you know as as we had over 1,100 fans on Friday at the East Lansing Soccer Complex. And, of course, uh, just getting over the 2,000 mark 
uh, on Sunday at, at DeMartin. So I think that the league really took a look at, um, you know, where could we have a, a very uh, big fan base and who would come out and watch the game. So, again, that, that's all kudos to the, the mid-Michigan soccer community and sports fans in the area who have really supported us and, and really helped us get this bid today. Awesome. And I just wanted to ask, you see these large flags being waved from Detroit City. You see the Suns Ransom. They meet up at Jimmy's Pub and drum all the way over to the soccer complex, getting ready for the game. You see Mateo, after scoring that goal, he actually jumps into the Suns of Ransom <laughs> arms. You know, How cool I was that, right? It was I incredible. Mean... Incre- absolutely incredible. But I wanted to ask, how big is this You know, National Premier Soccer League? Because on one hand, you see these amounts of fan base – you know how big is this league? Well, I mean, the the league is has grown tremendously. We're at over eighty members now um, nationwide. So, um, you know, you're getting down to the nitty gritty in the playoffs. Um, you know, there's there's four teams left in our region, and, and you look at it and you say, hey, look, if we're fortunate to win two games, now we're going to go represent our region in, in the national finals. And um, to, to be a first-year organization and put ourselves in this position is really special. You know, we've uh, uh, we've been fortunate enough to have a couple of players named as National Players of the Week with Matt Brown and, and Brian Cunningham. So we, we've gotten some recognition nationally from the league, and I think people have uh, maybe had a chance to stand up and take notice of, of what Lansing's all about, not only in the NPSL, but as far as just sports fans in general. All right, Jeremy, now that you guys are hosting, you have a growing fan base, and the league is growing tremendously nationwide. What do you see in the future for Lansing United? <laughs> you guys will never let me enjoy the present, will you? <laughs> Absolutely not. You always- Soak it in, Jeremy. Come on. You're champions. <laughs> Everybody's like, what are you going to do next year? Where are you going to play? Where are you going to be? Um, and if I had any of those answers, I'd certainly be able to tell you, but I, I don't. I mean, we've been so focused. And I know this sounds like just a cop-out answer, but it's the truth. We've been so focused on, on what we're doing this year. I, the one thing I can tell you about the future, guys, is that I feel like we've really built a nice foundation of a, a head coach and general manager who brings in not only quality players but quality individuals to represent Lansing United and the mid-Michigan area. And now we've also got that really solid foundation of a fan base who knows that when they come to see our team play, our team's going to play hard. We're not going to win every game, but we're going to be very competitive in every game that we're in. And at the end of the day, as a fan, I think that's all you can ask for, uh, that your team gives everything that they have in order to win a game. And that doesn't mean you're going to win them all, but that's what our guys do. And so I think that's what fans and and other people can expect in the future. Well, Jeremy, what you've given to this community, mid-Michigan, the fans of Lanes United, hope – just something to watch out for, and it's been nothing but a championship and a great season. So I just want to thank you for coming on the show, doing what you do, and wishing you the best of luck in the MPCL playoffs. Yeah, guys, again, I certainly appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully we'll see you out at the Complex this weekend for uh, a couple of fun games. You know we'll be there, Jeremy. Thank you so much for coming on, per usual. Anytime. That's the owner of Lands United, Jeremy Sampson, uh, here on the pack with the breaking announcement. Once again, just recapping that. Announcing here, breaking news on WDBM, the pack that the MPSL playoffs will be hosted at Archer Soccer Complex in East Lansing, Michigan. Breaking news that he has negotiated. Once again, he is just absolute class what this guy is doing. So, really, you just got to thank this guy, and it's pretty unbelievable. I say the first thing I want to see next year is uh, replica jerseys. That's what I want to see. I tell him all the time, <laughs> where are those replica jerseys? But real quick, guys, 25 seconds we have. 
winner of this home run derby, who do you got? I won't watch it. You're not watching it? Nope. Wow. Are you going to watch it, Goodman? I can't watch it. Can I'm going to be driving home. Can you give me a prediction? <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, I think, you know Jonas Cespedes. Fine. I'll, go, I'll stick with Cuba. Yasel Puig. Hitting 16. I'm going to go with Yasel Puig, guys. And that's <laughs> always how we embrace the Spartan debate every Monday from San... 7 to 8 p.m. here on WDBM. Special thanks to Lands United and Jeremy Sampson for being on the show with us. Catch us every week here on The Pack on 89FM to embrace Spartan Debate with Faith and Austin, myself, and John Yales behind the glass. For everyone here at The Pack, Vino signing off. Aloha, mahalo. Thanks for listening, guys.